What is up, my friends? Welcome back to After the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy. And guys, Habib Nurmagomedov, I feel like we just witnessed the pinnacle of greatness. I mean, I've never seen a guy, a champion, retire undefeated in the history of the sport. I mean, if you want to be cheeky and bring up Hicks and Gracie, I mean, I'm talking UFC terms, my guys, and uh, I've never seen anything like it. So it's unbelievable to see what Habib Nurmagomedov has accomplished and to know when to say when, because that's one of the things we always talk about is these guys, they stick around too long and I'm going to take out my fucking headphones. They stick around too long and sometimes it can, not in my eyes necessarily, but in other people's eyes, it can diminish their legacy. Like for example, with like BJ Penn, not that he ever had the chance to retire undefeated. That's not what I'm saying. But for example, he stuck around too long. He's on a like seven fight losing streak. So no one even remembers the greatness that, that they witnessed back in his day when he won the welterweight belt, when he won the lightweight belt, when he went up to light heavyweight and fought Leota Machida. No one even talks about that anymore. Whereas Habib Nurmagomedov, your lasting impression is this guy went out 29-0. and 0. And talk about one of the most dominant fighters we've ever seen in the history of the sport. I mean, the way he dominated Justin Gaethje, I mean, it's Justin Gaethje is the guy that goes out there and, and drowns his opponents. And uh, it was Habib who was doing the drowning, man. And, I mean, you know, we, we talked about how uh, how Justin Gaethje has got the D1 uh, wrestling credentials from uh, the University of Northern Colorado, plus he's a two-time state, um, a two-time state champion from Arizona in high school. And, I mean, he was getting taken down with ease. So Habib is just on a completely different level. And it's uh, – I, I truly feel privileged to have been able to witness uh, his career. Now, uh, before we get started, just got to mention, support for Half the Battle is brought to you by Manscaped. <laughs> so support, the, support for Half the Battle is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in, in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. And guys, I mean, I, I know you're sick of the bullshit where, you know, you're dealing with these random ass rinky dink blades and you, you might cut yourself. You see some fucking blood on the floor. Well, trust me, those days are long gone because Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineer team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 y'all can see this fucking thing it's unbelievable and i'll tell you why their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents and when i tell you this is premium i mean premium the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave and the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower as well and one of the coolest features is the led light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming so check it out See that fucking light right there? I mean, now nah, nah, this takes away all the guessing work. So if you have a, you know, shitting light, a shitty light in your bathroom or whatever the case may be, those days are long gone. And they've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. And if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand. Let's get that bush to tush clean. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BATTLE20 at manscaped.com. 
make your testies their besties. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BATTLE20 at manscaped.com. All caps, BATTLE20 for 20% for twenty off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Now, gentlemen and ladies, let's get down to business because, again, the, the greatness of uh, Habib Nurmagomedov, it, it truly cannot be overstated. And for Hersley, what was up with, uh, with two judges scoring that first round for – for uh for Justin Gaethje like are you fucking kidding me I mean the round ends and he's in a near armbar attempt and I mean you could just see the way Justin Gaethje is the guy that's known for going out there and drowning people and and it was uh it was Habib Nurmagomedov who did the drowning it's just unbelievable man uh the kind of pressure the, the pressure and the pace of Habib Nurmagomedov and he's the guy that's going out there throwing flying knees against a guy like Justin Gaethje. And one thing that's often underrated about uh, Habib Nurmagomedov is his chin. I mean, he ate that same haymaker that knocked out James Vick. He ate that same haymaker that knocked out Edson Barboza. He ate that same haymaker that knocked out Cowboy Cerrone. And, I mean, he ate it no problem, kept going forward. And then he, when he landed shots of his own, I feel like Habib uh, Nurmagomedov's stand-up has been underrated this whole fucking time, guys. I feel like people don't talk about the fact that he's the only man in uh, not just UFC history, but MMA history, I believe, to go out there and drop Conor McGregor. People don't talk about how he was out there against Edson Barboza trading kicks, which is you don't trade kicks with Edson Barboza. That's historically a death sentence. Uh, you, you, you know, no one talks about how he went out there against Ally Kinta, felt so unthreatened by the guy that he's out there putting on a jab clinic. And then here tonight, I mean, he was standing and trading with, with Gaethje when he needed to. The entries to the takedowns, I mean, it was it was it was like nothing. It was so easy. So I, I truly feel like we're, we're we witnessed true greatness. And man, that moment. When, when the fight was over and he got down on his knees, you see the emotions pouring out because, you know, he lost his late father, which firstly, like, you know, shout out to anyone that, you know, and I'm going to get emotional. Shout out to anyone that's lost a parent before because, you know, for me personally, that's my biggest fear ever. You know, I you, you can take everything away from me. You can take away my car. You can take away my business. You can take away my beautiful voice and my smile. But if you take away my parents, that, that, that's taking away everything. I'm very close with my family. So for Habib to to lose the the biggest figure in his life and to and to persevere and put on the best performance of his life, I mean, dude, I'm just I'm so inspired by that, man. I don't know how y'all feel, but like, God, man, it's just uh, it, it's truly. I truly feel like I just said earlier. Like we witnessed the pinnacle of greatness tonight. And I know we're going to get into the pound for pound uh, conversation and who's the goat and who isn't the goat. And uh, let's just go ahead and knock uh, Demetrius Johnson off that list. <laughs> I, I know y'all were waiting for that. No, no, I, you know, I got a lot of respect for DJ, but just uh, it's been a long running joke in the show. We, we like to give him a little shit just because, you know, you, you know, if, if you, if it says that you have the most title defenses in UFC history, but the some of the guys you were beating were Chris Carriasso and Tim Elliott. I mean, you know, I, and Wilson Hayes. You know, and no disrespect to those fighters, but you know, I got to give you some shit about that. Whereas when you talk about Habib Nurmagomedov, the guys he's beaten: Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, Rafael dos Anjos, Edson Barbosa. And it's not like he just went out there 
and squeaked by these. He mauled these guys. He destroyed these guys. He demoralized these guys. He finished these guys. Uh, not RDA and Edson, but trust me, uh, had those been five round fights, uh, they would have been finished too. So, and I mean, the scorecards were like what 30 25, you know? So it's just, uh, man, I we're, we're gonna miss this guy. And, and I think that now that he's gone, and now we're you know, they say distance makes the heart grow fonder. I feel like now we're now people are gonna truly appreciate his greatness, and down the line. Uh, you know, people are going to refer to him like in like in other sports, like they refer to Michael Jordan and things among those lines, because while someone is active, you know, a lot of fans like to shit on them and they don't appreciate the greatness. But once they're retired, that's when uh, people truly start to appreciate. It's almost like an artist when, when they die. And I'm not wishing death on anyone. I'm, I'm just making an example like like Nirvana, you know, when, when Kurt Cobain tragically passed then he became the fucking icon even though he was already amazing back then already putting on great music and you know was a game changer for grunge but like when he died now now he's a fucking revered legend you know what i'm saying so i feel like that kind of shit happens a lot man so yeah um but anyways let's get to the pound for pound debate because i feel like that's one of the big reasons that y'all are here right now so some say that hey there's no chance he passed john jones because look john jones has got like all the title defenses look there's no question i mean it's no debate john jones has more title defenses than habib a, a bunch of people have more title defenses than habib but my whole thing and, and i'll get to the john jones debate soon because i know john jones they're neck and neck you know what i'm saying so john jones ain't gonna be the guy john, john jones is the last one i'm gonna get to let's get the other ones out the way all right, so George St. Pierre. I mean, what what can you say about George St. Pierre? One of the greatest of all time, um, just a true pioneer for Canadian mixed martial arts and, and just for one of the first truly well-rounded champions we'd ever had in the UFC. I mean, he could strike. He could take people down. He could do jujitsu. He could do everything. He can kick. Uh, and he was the guy that kind of mixed it up perfectly. Like when you thought that he was going to strike, that's when he went in there with that uh, beautiful blast double. His entries were insane. When you thought that he was going to take you down, that's when he's out there head kicking people like Matt Hughes and knocking them out. And, you know, he's gotten arm bars before too. Like uh, GSP is a G. The reason I do not have GSP ranked ahead of, of Habib. Now, I know you can make the title defense argument. It's just that, you know, I always talk about how no one's exempt from that first L and, and you'll catch someone uh, stealing that line, trying, trying to act like they came up with that. Even though we've been saying that shit since 2015 on half the battle next, people are going to be like saying the whole bit and fucking, uh, you know, pulling stunts and all these other like lines that are, you know, home to half the battle. Like you guys have come accustomed to our originality and what we bring to the table. And now other people are using our lines, acting like it's theirs. Well, listen, imitation uh, is the sincerest form of, of flattery. So at the end of the day, I appreciate it, but the fans truly know who came up with those lines. So I really appreciate all y'all sticking with me, but anyways, back to GSP. So, you know, I obviously, respect anybody that can take a defeat and come back from it and go on to show greatness no questions asked but when we're but right now we're not talking about top 10 we're not talking about top five we're talking about the number one pound for pound spot so every single fight in your career matters and the reality is 
despite how incredible GSP is, how many title defenses he has, and how unbelievable his run is. I mean, the guy's a Hall of Famer. I don't got to say all that shit. Not not discrediting, not debating. Just saying we're right now. We're talking number one all-time status being the goat. So we have to address every factor. GSP is not only lost twice; he's been finished twice. How many times has a uh, Habib lost and been or been finished? Is how many how many rounds has G as a uh, has Habib lost inside the octagon? Uh, I, I mean, some can say one. Some can bring up this bullshit about the Glaze and Tebow fight, guys. The scorecards were 30, 27 times three. So don't even try me on that shit. And that round that Connor allegedly won. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know what I mean? So uh to me, he's never lost a round. If you want to say he lost one round, okay. So that so that's the big, that's the big knock on Habib. He lost one round ever. Uh yeah. So to me, listen, I love GSP, but he lost two fights inside the distance. I gotta put Habib ahead of that. Anderson Silva. During his run, holy shit, I had never seen a run like that before. Um, you know, it was almost like he was this mythical creature. He was like this superhero. Like, he'd go out there and do things you had never seen before. So, as far as the most spectacular champion in UFC history, you got to give that to uh, to Anderson Silva. But, uh, but, man, Anderson Silva stuck around too long. There were the drug things. Uh, he lost some fights back in the day. Uh, I, I love Anderson. He's my all-time favorite fighter, but you cannot put him number one goat over Habib or Jones. It's, 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 I mean, the guy's got eight losses, right? You, you just can't do it. Um, I hope he goes out on a win next week. That'd be nice. But Anderson is not the number one goat. Um, for me, he might be as a fan, but we're not talking fan talk. We're just talking realistic talk right now. So the real debate is between Habib and John Jones. So here's John Jones' argument. John Jones has been a champion for a fucking decade straight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the guy, like the only people that have beaten him are himself. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he, he beat himself a couple times. That, that's about the extent of it. But no one's truly beat him in a fight before. My only thing with the great John Jones is that these last few fights have been getting kind of competitive. Like people, not me, but some people are making the arguments that Tiago Santos might have won or that Dominic Reyes might have won. Now, while I personally disagree, and I thought that John Jones uh, went out there and won those fights, the dominance isn't quite where it used to be. So I truly believe, and I don't have evidence or, you know, I don't got a crystal ball, but I truly believe if Jones sticks around long enough, he will take that first L. And you know how we talk about no one's exempt from that first L. We've been saying that in half the battle since 2015. Apparently, some other people say that they came up with that, but y'all know y'all know where that originated. But uh, yeah, so uh, if John Jones sticks around long enough, he will take that first L. I feel like th these last few fights have been evidence of that. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he he can retire now and 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 you know do what uh do a, a Habib just did. But the thing is, look at the performances of Habib. Like I said, the guy's not even losing rounds. The guy's mauling like some of the best fighters on planet Earth. I, I mean, like, I would never discredit John Jones' run because to me, like, you know, like, like guys, we're talking about number one and number two GOAT right now. We're not talking about anything else. That's why we have to lay out every single fact. We have to be strict with how we define these things. Um, but, you know, when you talk about like the level of competition, yeah, John Jones, he beat more former champs than Habib, no doubt about it. But 
I mean, you know, he he beat up he beat a bunch of washed up guys from a different generation. You know, whether it's Rampage, I, I these are all legends. I'm not discrediting them, but he beat them all past their prime. So that's why I got to give it to Habib, who beat Connor in his prime, who beat Dustin in his prime, who beat Justin in his prime, who beat Rafael dos Anjos in his prime. So I think Habib is the goat, and he went out on the best performance of his career, and. I think that's a good uh, a good place to to end this conversation. I'm I'm willing to hear what y'all got to say if y'all want to debate if y'all got any comments about it. But first, uh, let's get some more people in this fucking uh, chat, man. I want y'all to do me a favor and retweet my tweet um, about uh, this so we can get some more people in here. I know it's like two thirty a.m., so I completely understand if people are sleeping right now, but you know what I'm saying? I actually took a nap after that fight. Cause it was like, it was so intense. It was too much to take in. I missed the world series game. So it's all good. But yeah, um, Habib is, is the go in my eyes at this point. All right. And then also I want to say as far as up and comers, uh, in talks for a goat status. So Izzy Adesanya, he's not there yet, but he's 20 and oh, Let's let's see what happens. Let's see if he can get to 29 and 0 like like Habib did. And, and one more thing I want to say, just records alone. Habib Nurmagomedov, 29 and 0. John Jones, 28 and 0. And, and don't don't give me any bullshit about Matt Hamill or about the DC fight being a no contest. Like, don't, don't even try me on some fucking bullshit like that. Because as far as I'm concerned, John Jones smashed matt hamill john jones knocked out dc with a head kick so i, I don't want to hear any bullshit about that the reality is in my book john jones is 28 and 0 but habib is 29 and 0 and if you want to say gsp gsp is 28 and 2 okay gsp has been finished twice he avenged both those losses but the these things count when you're talking about goat status so yeah Khabib's the greatest of all time as far as I'm concerned right now. And John Jones, close second. Close second. I mean, look, John Jones, he still has time to, to, to you know, he he had the throne. Habib took it. John Jones has time to surpass it again. John Jones can come out here, rally off 10 straight wins. All of a sudden, now it's, undebi- uh, now it's undeniable. Now there's no more debate. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I got to go with Habib first. John Jones second, GSP third, and then the rest uh, is up for debate. All right, so I didn't even talk about Habib's performance tonight. I mean, dude, you saw him going out there throwing flying knees against uh, against Gaethje. You saw his fucking chin eating those same shots that knocked all these other people out, eating those leg kicks. He wasn't immobilized whatsoever. When he went for those entries, he got them no problem, just took down uh, a D1 uh, All-American from Northern Colorado like it was nothing and then got to mount easily. End of the first round, ends in an armbar attempt. And people just talk about his wrestling. What about his jiu-jitsu, man? And I know I know some of y'all might not remember this Abel Trujillo fight or what you do remember is how he set a takedown record against him. You know, he had like 21 takedowns against Abel Trujillo. But how about that, uh, that, that triangle attempt he had there too? Whereas here... And uh, the fight ends with the mounted triangle, you know, transitions and then, you know, hooks the leg, fights over. But the end of the first round had a deep arm bar attempt. Had there been 10 more seconds on the clock, he would have got a first round arm bar. So it's not just the wrestling. People try to act like he, oh, he just humps guys. And, and, and I mean, when he gets on top of people, his top control is unbelievable. And not, excuse me, and not only that, 
the way he hooks the leg so you can't get back up. I'm, there's so many technical aspects uh, to, to consider. But what about his jujitsu? I feel like that's a very underrated part of his game, but it's really all about that forward pressure. He, is, he does not take no for an answer, this guy. So I, I'm truly astonished and blown away by what I saw from Habib tonight, man. And uh, I feel like we saw a once-in-a-lifetime athlete, a once-in-a-lifetime moment. And, you know, the, I saw the picture, you know, that came out with him and, and his late father kind of, you know, they kind of made it like, uh, let me let me find it. Let me see if I can screen share it real quick for you. It like, it actually kind of made me a little emotional. Um, give me one sec. Let me, uh, okay, yeah, I pulled it up right here. So I'm going to do a quick screen share. Um, okay. Y'all see this shit? Dude, like, how fucking, like, how, like, powerful is that picture right there? You know what I'm saying? That's, uh, that's truly something, man. Like, that picture, man, shit gave me chills, man. So, yeah. Um, so now I, I just hope to see him, you know, no, right now, go back, spend some time with your family, truly take this time to grieve the loss. Because, I mean, obviously, he's been grieving the loss the whole time, but he's had the pressure of coming in here. And, you know, he had a fucking fight with Justin Gaethje. You don't just not get up for a fight with Justin Gaethje, one of the most brutal dudes in, in, in the history of the sport. So now that that's over and now that he put the gloves in the center of the octagon, now he's got to spend some time with his family. And six months uh, to a year from now, uh, we'll, we'll see uh, what he wants to do. But either way, I think he should be an ambassador for the sport or at least, you know, help with the or keep helping with the young up and comers from Russia or, or all over the world. Uh I feel like the guy's a pioneer, man. So he's someone that I will always remember for the rest of my life. Wow. 20-minute speech on Habib. Y'all like that? So uh, before I move on to Whitaker and Cannoneer, I'm going to see what y'all are saying. If y'all are mentioning anything about uh, about uh, Habib and, and this fight... Chris says, everyone should respect Habib's wishes. It's his life. It's his destiny. Yeah, well said. Well said, my man. I mean, I don't... So, no, you ain't getting no argument from me, brother. So I, I agree with that. Cloud says, let's say Habib unretires. Who honestly gives him the best challenge at 155? No one, right? Let's pull up these fucking rankings. Y'all know how I operate, man. We, we, we're always speaking in facts. You know what I mean? We ain't out here bullshitting. People are like, oh, oh, this guy's a towel. Go fuck yourself. You know what I'm saying? I'm allowed to do whatever the fuck I want. But one thing I'll always do is give back to the fans, be honest the entire time, win or lose. And I'm always down to talk about these fights with y'all no matter what. Um, and I never force anyone to do anything either. But look, let me pull up. Uh, let, me, let me go back to screen share and let's take a look at these rankings really quick. All right rankings so right now as far as the rankings concern you got habib as a champ you got gaichi who he beat you got Poirier who he beat you got ferguson's the only one he hasn't fought i mean do y'all still really want to see that i mean i think at this point we know he'd maul him conor mcgregor i mean i think uh we saw how that went down dan hooker i mean come on come on guys they're not even in the same ballpark Charles Dubronx Oliveira. The only thing interesting about that fight 
would be if like Charles could like dangle off his neck or something. But aside from that, he's breaking Charles. He might even submit Charles. I mean, we've seen Charles broken more than once. I know Charles is in peak form right now, but it got guys, come on. He, Charles ain't touching him. You know what would actually be an interesting fight though? Like, tell me what y'all think about this. What about uh, this guy right here named Brian T. City Ortega? Because he's got the elite jujitsu to the point where, like, he might be able to do something. Because unlike Dubronx, and I love Dubronx, great fighter. Have you guys ever seen uh, Brian Ortega break inside the octagon or, or pull any kind of stunt? Like, even in that fight he lost, he, he lost like a man. You know what I mean? So, maybe may, may, I'm not saying he's the guy, but maybe Ortega could be an interesting fight down the line. But... I, I don't think Habib's coming back. I think he made a promise, and I think he's a man of his word, and I, I think he's going out on top. Like that's 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 goat shit right there. So it's unbelievable. Vincent says, "What's up, my boy Vincent?" He said, uh, "Khabib made Justin look sloppy and bad on the feet." And, and look, that's not because Justin is bad or anything. That's just credit to the pressure and the pace. And the willingness to go forward and eat everything your opponent throws, no matter what, and do not take no for an answer. It's just Habib's greatness, man. He makes amazing fighters look human. You know what I mean? Like, like Gaethje is this wrecking machine, and like even in the fights that Gaethje lost previously, like the Poirier fight or the or the Eddie Alvarez fight, like those were fucking wars, guys. Like, like Eddie and and Dustin had to go to the hospital after those fights. Uh, Habib ain't going to no hospital tonight. I'll tell you that much, my friends. Chris Greaves says, is Gregor Gillespie fighting lightweight still? I mean, is he is he fighting period still? <laughs> I, I, think, I think he's fishing somewhere. John Fox says, well, the judges beg to differ. Apparently, uh, Gaethje won the first round. Yeah, the judges don't know what the fuck they're talking about or what they're looking at. I mean, we'll, we'll get to that Jung decision, which a lot of you guys actually agree with the judges and not with me. That's fine. Where I, I live in the USA, we're allowed to have a difference of opinion. This is a freedom of speech, you know what I'm saying? No big deal. You're not going to get incarcerated because you disagree with someone. But that being said, how the fuck do you score that first round for Justin Gaethje? Like, are you kidding me right now? I mean, there was a near finish on uh, Habib's end. There were takedowns. There, he was going out there. Ja he was jabbing Justin Gaethje. He was throwing flying knees at him. He was kicking him. I know he ate some shots too. He, he ate Gaethje's hardest shot. The same one that knocked out 19 out of 22 of uh, Gaethje's wins and ate it no problem, kept going forward, no big deal. So, yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand. I don't see the argument for scoring that first round for Gaethje at all. My boy Vincent knows what's up. Justin didn't win run, round one. And, again, this is not to disrespect a fighter that we – you know, that we admire so much like Justin Gaethje. We're, we're, we're just trying to speak factually here. Um, it's not a reflection on, you know, oh, oh, he doesn't like Gaethje. He does like – no, no, it's just Gaethje lost the first round, period, point blank. I'm sure if you ask Gaethje, he'll say the same thing, you know? All right, let's see. Cloud says, I mean, because if people start talking 170 pounds, yikes, there's weight classes for a reason. Usman will be a huge problem. Yeah, it'd be an interesting challenge, but – I mean, I, I don't really see the need to, to do all that. I mean, these the 55 goat, you know, uh, why, why go up to, to 170? I mean, he doesn't need to do that. I mean, if you really want to, okay. But, yeah, I agree. That's a completely different challenge. But I think Usman's on his own path to greatness. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
So well, let's see what Usman keeps doing. Usman's still early in his career. I mean, uh, Usman did a fucking great job when, when he went out there and uh, beat Colby Covington. Colby is the toughest matchup in that division, regardless of what you think of him. Again, you got to be able to separate your emotions from reality. And the way that uh, Usman beat Colby, I mean, he had to dig deep. He, had a, he lost rounds in that fight. He came back like, dude's, dude's the real deal. Chris Greaves says, my favorite things to do is shave my balls in the dark. Well, my friend, those days are long gone now because now with the lawnmower 3.0, you see this fucking LED light right here? Now that takes away all the guessing work. So, I mean, you know, when, when you finally put the lights on, you're like, oh, fuck, it's half and half. And is this and that? Oh, I fucked up. Oh, I got to do it again. Those days are long gone, my friend. So make sure you all go to manscaped.com. Use that promo code BATTLE20. For twenty percent off and free shipping, that's Battle Twenty, all caps. Battle Twenty and Manscaped.com, free shipping, twenty percent off. I appreciate you bringing that up, Chris. John Fox, wow, two judges gave Gaethje round <laughs> round one. Facts, I know, man. That's, we were just talking about that. That's absolutely insane, isn't it, man? Matt says, big fan of the show, Dan. Always tuning in every week from Scotland. All all the best to you and Shaq, man. I appreciate you, Matt. Hey, Matt, I got a funny story from Scotland or an interesting story. So, firstly, you know I love my Scots, but I uh, I went to Scotland as a kid once um, around the Halloween time. And I don't know if y'all still do this, but there was like this badass Halloween festival. Um, and, and firstly, one thing I, I'll always remember about, you know, about uh, Scotland are the castles, you know, in Edinburgh and Man, it was truly one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to in my life. Like the castles are just unbelievable. The views, it's, I love Scotland, but the Halloween festival, man, like on the street. And it's like, you know, people talk about these haunted houses here in the USA. Fuck all that shit, man. You go to Scotland for that Halloween festival on the street and you got fucking monsters popping out of fucking dumpsters and shit. Like, dude, that it, I'll never forget it. And this was like over 20 years ago. So, Scotland will always have a, a place in my heart. So, Matt, I, I truly appreciate you uh, showing me love from Scotland, man. I, thank you very much, my friend. Chris Grieve says, I missed the Alvy Jung fight. Did everyone agree with the draw? Uh, no, not everyone agreed. I definitely didn't agree. But we'll get to that fight soon. Let's let's talk about these main card fights first because you know I got a lot to say about that. And you know every week I have a controversial opinion, whether it's the uh, – you know Ed Herman and and Mike Rodriguez fight where I blame the ref and not and not uh, Ed Herman and then Mike Rodriguez comes out a week later and says the exact same shit that I said. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is, man. And I'm not gonna sit here and censor myself. You had one fucking kid mentioning like, "Oh, why are you being insecure and defensive?" I'm like, dude, I'm just stating my opinion. Like, like I said, I'm from the USA. I'm allowed to say how I feel. You know, so I'm gonna keep saying how I feel. All uh, right, so. All right, well, hold on, hold on, guys, hold on, guys. We're gonna get to to the Jung talk soon. All right, Cloud says Jung won. Uh, oh, sorry, my bad, my bad, my bad. All right, Vincent says losing your dad is fucking tough. Makes you cherish your mother even more. I mean, it just makes you cherish everybody in your life. You know what I'm saying? That's why, like, like I told you, all, my biggest fear in life. Like, listen, I can lose every single bet from here on out, and yeah, that'll suck for me and for you know anyone that tails me and this and that but you know life goes on or i i, I can you know whatever, whatever may happen but losing my parents like that will 
that will be one of the saddest days of my life. So, you know, shout out to everybody that's so strong that's had to deal with that. We're losing a family member, whether it's uh, a parent or a sibling or even a best friend or, you know, I mean, not, not, not to, you know, even like even even a dog man you know what i'm saying the shit is, the shit is brutal man so it's just a part of life and gotta just you know um carry on their spirit you know and do what would make them happy and try to live in a way that you know they'd be proud of so you know much respect to you brother bobby lee swagger says big dick beef i mean listen i I don't, I can't confirm, but like, uh, I, I think, uh, that big dick energy was in full play. I mean, that dude right there, he gives no fucks. I mean, he doesn't care if you're the hardest hitter. He doesn't care if you're the hardest leg kicker. He doesn't care if you have D one, uh, all American wrestling credentials. This fucking guy will go forward the entire time until the mission is done. And he drowns guys. It, it, it's truly unbelievable. So I'm about to uh, do another uh, tweet real quick. So let's get some more people in here. Join us now on after the battle. Talking Habib's greatness. Recapping UFC 254 and answering your questions live on uh, i already said after the battle so i'm just gonna say live all right cool tweet it out i'd appreciate it if y'all retweet it let's get some more people in here but even if we don't it's almost it's almost 3 a.m man so the fact that you know there, there are people in here with me like you know I, I like it better when there's like you know a couple hundred but Listen, I don't care if there's one person in here. I don't care if there's 25 people in here or there's 2,500 people in here. I'm going to give you all 100% every single time. So I truly, truly appreciate everybody that's got my back. And y'all know what kind of guy I am. Y'all know I'm a real dude. You know I got, you know, I got y'all's back. So I appreciate y'all appreciate y'all having mine. Um, okay. Let's see. I, are those... Is that everything y'all had to say about uh, Habib? Vincent says, Habib, number one pound for pound. You know I agree with that now. Um, Chris says, John is also a known cheat. Now listen, I didn't want to discredit my boy Johnny Bones Jones because to me, you know, it did, it did come out that like, you know, he took a tainted supplement. So... I do want to give him a pass, but at the same time, the fact that we even got to that point, we never got to that point with Habib. So, so little things like that, like, like I'm not going to discredit John's run or any of his wins to me. And I love John Jones to me. He, he's still an all time great. And you can make a case. He's the number one all time great, but like you have to nitpick when you're talking about number one, all time goat status. That's why, you know, Habib is 29 and no Jones is 28 and no like there's that's one more win every single thing counts uh Jones has lost some rounds inside the octagon Habib hasn't in my opinion so but you can say Jones has 15 belts at home and Habib only has three or four so I I, I get the arguments every single thing counts when you're talking about pound for pound status all right let's see Brick, what's up, Brick? He says Habib is better than GSP. Who's better than DJ? Guys, 
listen can we can we stop with this dj talk please like i i listen i respect dj he's one of the most well-rounded fighters we've ever seen he's fantastic but to sit here and look me in the eyes with a straight face and say that he's in the conversation for top three pound for pound like firstly okay okay here's one thing one thing i cannot take away from him if i walk into dj's house right now he's got 11 ufc championship belts so hey hey right there I, i can't say shit about that but what i can say shit about because like i said you have to nitpick when you're talking about pound for pound goat status lost to brad pickett uh i thought he lost to ian mccall the first time and then when you talk about that title run if you want to compare it to silva's run which we're about to do here in a second i mean dude you were out there fighting tim elliott chris carriasso wilson hayes and ray borg for your title defenses like that that that's your goat whereas anderson silva anderson should have 11 title defenses hold on sorry my dog's making a lot of noise blondie get 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 <laughs> so um sorry i just got i just got really distracted you know i'm very add so okay okay so here, here's the point so it says that you know dj's got 11 title defenses and anderson only has seven and then i just mentioned the quality of the opponents that dj fought but here's one thing that people don't talk about anderson should have 11 title defenses but in his fight with travis Luter, travis missed weight and that was back before, you know, they, they had the rule where, you know, if, if the champion makes weight but the challenger misses, you know, the, the champion can still win the belt or defend the belt. But now they changed it. And like I said, now the, the champion can still win and it counts as a title offense or a title winning effort. But back then, it was a non-title bout. So that completely fucked Anderson Silva from getting that, that you know, that title defense under his belt where he would have – 11 title defenses and would have the most in ufc history so basically uh he got fucked on a technicality at the time it's it's kind of like that same shit uh and just in a different light where uh that mirsad bektik versus chaskelly fight you know chaskelly knocked out mirsad bektik in the second round but at the time they had that fucking stupid rule about you know putting the hand down a downed opponent whereas they kind of fixed it a little bit and in today's day today in today's uh day and age Chaskelly wins by second round TKO over Mirsad Bektik in that exact spot. So the, some of the rules have changed over time, like even the weed rule, you know what I mean? So it's just, uh, you just gotta get your, you just gotta be as educated. And, and when I say educated, I don't mean that in a condescending way. I just mean, you have to research this stuff and look into it as much as possible. So, you know, all the facts and all the details when, uh, when we're talking about this kind of stuff. If Jones beats Stipe, he surpasses Habib. Don't at me. Yeah, no, I feel you. But again, we we have to we we have to uh, nitpick. I mean, no guy no guy that lost to Stefan Struve uh, is is the top pound for pound fighter, my friend. <laughs> I know that's not what you're saying. I just had to throw that out there. But uh, yeah, listen, Stipe definitely in that heavyweight goat talk, no doubt about it. Heavyweight goat, but 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 we're talking all time goat, guys. There's a difference here. Brick says no cheats. So again, I agree. No cheats is just um, the thing. Th- there's just kind of like a a slippery slope when you talk about Jones being a cheat. Because didn't Usada say that it was you know a tainted supplement and all the shit about the pulsing and 
I, I don't know enough about the science to really give you a, a definitive answer. But what I do know is Habib never dealt with any of that bullshit. And Habib's got more wins. So, And Habib never lost a fucking round. And Habib went out on top uh, undefeated. So that's my that's one of my arguments among others. Chris says Jones arguably lost to Santos and Reyes. Say what you want about who was awarded the win, but every diehard fan, um, MMA fan, knows how questionable the judging is in the MMA. So I agree with the second half. Every this is where I agree. Every diehard MMA fan knows how questionable the judging is in MMA. Chris, you're a hundred percent correct about that. The first part, however, Jones arguably lost to Santos and Reyes. I scored both those fights for Jones, man. I mean, look, Reyes had a great first two rounds, but it's a five-round fight, not a three-round fight. You can't win the first two rounds and coast the next three and, and sit here and cry robbery. And and the Santos fight, I mean, Santos had a great first round, but he was wobbling around on one leg the next four. So I had those for Jones. But do I agree with you that they were more competitive than past Jones fights? 100%. I mean, I don't think that can be debated. Vincent says Habib over Jones. Yeah, I think I think we made a good case. But again, that's not to discredit the great John Jones. I mean, if you walk into his house, he's got more UFC belts than Habib. But it's it's the other factors that we've been mentioning. All right. Um, Chris says Jones is great, but he's also a dirty fighter in the cage. What are you talking about? Like eye pokes and shit. I mean, shit, whatever it takes to win, right? I mean, for me as a gambling man, I, I, I just want the win by any means necessary. Um and there's not, uh, yeah, it's the, 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 these are subjective things, you know what I mean? It's like, do you hold that against people? There's a lot of guys that have done dirty shit. Like a lot of our favorite fighters have. So at the end of the day, it's a fist fight on a Saturday night inside a steel cage. Like I feel like people forget that these guys are trying to inflict harm on each other. So you need to get every single edge you can get in there, man. Uh, and and yeah, I got into a debate with some people earlier. This is on a separate topic. You remember how in the lead up to the Chael versus Anderson fight, how, you know, Chael was kind of going below the belt with some of the comments he made, which is fine. I don't give a fuck. I mean, I'm all about the pre-fight hype uh, and they're going to get into a fist fight anyway. So whatever, you know what I mean? But I kind of have, you know, kind of a man code where like, if you, if you bring up someone's family, then you're allowed to throw that extra extra punch you know when you knock the guy out like for example if you've seen a fight between machida and mark munoz they have a lot of respect for each other so when machida knocked out mark munoz he had the opportunity to throw two follow-ups you know but he didn't you know he knocked him out and then he, he kind of stepped back helped him up you know that, that's a nice friendly thing to, 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 to see but when you start bringing people's families into it to me like yeah go ahead and break a rule or two grab the guy's shorts hit him with a couple follow-ups don't let go of the choke when the ref comes in. I know this is dirty shit that we're, that we're talking about right here. But, you know, I, I feel like if you break man code, and this is just me personally, you guys might completely disagree because, you know, by the rules, yeah, that's that's definitely not by the rules. But just as man code, like, you know, because, like, for example, for, like, for like you know, if people, like, shit talk me or say, oh, your, your picks suck or, you know, this or that, like, okay, whatever, big deal. You're allowed to say that. Like, you know, if I see you on the street, I'm not going to slap you over that. But, but like, if you bring up like my family or, or, or something like that, then, then we might have a problem if we see each other face to face. And I'm not trying to, you know, sit here and be Mr. Tough guy because, 
I'm not trying to get into no fights. I mean, one thing, you know, I, I train jujitsu. One thing about, you know, training jujitsu is the number one thing they say is to avoid a fight at all costs. You know what I mean? Just train with your training partners. But just a- as a man, as a man, if you bring up my family, well, then, you know, then then I might go below the belt. You know what I'm saying? So so to put that in UFC terms and MMA terms with Anderson Chael, you know, when Chael's talking about, you know, patting Anderson's wife on, on the ass, well, Okay, well, well, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna throw that that shoulder bump, you know, at the weigh-ins, you know, and now I'm gonna grab your shorts and you know potentially throw an illegal knee or whatever the case may be. Like I know that's illegal, but it's like, dude, you crossed the fucking line, so you're gonna get what you deserve. That, but that's just kind of where I stand in terms of man code. I know a lot of people disagree with that, so it is what it is. We're allowed to disagree. Again, I live in the USA. This is a free country. We're allowed. We're allowed to have our own opinion on this stuff. Okay. Do you guys think that, uh, my boy said preach Dan. I appreciate you, brother. You guys think that, uh, we covered this enough. Is it time to move on to the co-main event? I mean, we spent like fucking 45 minutes talking about, uh, Habib and goat stuff and all that. Javik says more respect for Jones. If he goes for two belts. Yeah. Listen, I already got all the respect in the world for Jones, but it goes up for two belts. Fuck. I mean, that's what, what can you say? That'd be, absolutely phenomenal absolutely unbelievable um yeah i i i agree i want to see him fight izzy next we'll get to that when i talk about the whitaker fight um it, it just did that fucking thing where it scrolls me all the way down okay uh cloud says how much did uh al i can't milk that fifth that five round whooping from habib was never in any danger and he was a favorite over cowboy after that um i guess he milked it in the fact that like you know oh yeah yeah he got a lot of rub for that like oh he went five rounds with habib it's like dude you got 50 43 by habib you got absolutely mauled bell to bell by habib habib felt so unthreatened by ally kinta that he went out there and put on a jab clinic against him so yeah and personally i think ally kinta is kind of delusional i think he's kind of funny he did he did say some funny shit but like when he's calling out guys like Dustin Poirier, like, do you guys know what Dustin Poirier would do to Ally Kinta? Like, like real talk, like, uh, it it would not be pretty. So, hey guys, real quick, my my dog's fucking snoring, so let me just get her out the way. My boy Oscar right here is passed out, like he ain't making no noise, but Blondie's out here uh, snoring. So just give me one sec, let me just let her out the room real quick. I don't want it to disrupt uh our show. Just give me one sec. all right guys i'm back yeah see my boy oscar you know i gotta fuck with him making no noise whatsoever but for some reason blondie likes to snore loud so and it's my boy Dan Tom that pointed it out to me last time. Like, hey, I could hear your dog snoring in the fucking after the battle show. I was like, oh shit. I love dogs. All right. Chris says, Dan, was it confirmed Habib had a broken, uh, I think he said broken toe, a broken toe or foot uh, going into the fight? I don't know. But if he did, tech, even more of a badass throwing flying knees with a broken foot, kicking against Gaethje with a broken foot shooting on those explosive entries with a broken foot and whenever he shot on him he went right to mount too i was like god damn 
this guy is something else. Normally a D1 wrestler can scramble out of that. Uh, uh, Habib wasn't having any of that shit. So, man, it was it was truly beautiful. Uh, Tehran says, what, what up, Tehran? Good to see you back in here. He says, Justin messed up when he gave up his bag. I'm like, Dude, it's not even about Justin messing up. It's just when you're in there with a guy that's so much far superior than you. They, they force you to make mistakes. Like, I don't think... I don't think Justin was willingly like, well, now I'm going to give up my back. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it was just how the fight went down. You know, it was one of those things where it's like, well, am I going to give up mount or am I going to give up my back or, you know, try to break the grip? I mean, it's, it's just going so fast and you feel the pressure of a bead. I hear it feels like a light heavyweight. You know, you just don't have time to think. And yeah, it, it was what it was. It's just, it, you got to just give the credit to Habib there, man. <laughs> Chris, Chris Lee, uh, or sorry, Chris Greaves says Kevin Lee probably still thinks he matches good against Habib. All right, real quick. Speaking of Kevin Lee, I don't know if y'all saw this shit, but hold on, I gotta pull this up. I know some of y'all know what I'm about to pull up. Where, where is this? Did, oh, did he delete it? Kevin, don't tell me you deleted this shit. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay, okay, okay. Yo, have y'all seen this fucking tattoo that uh, Kevin Lee's getting? Listen, I'm all for freedom of expression. I support art and all that. You know, so do what you want to do, brother. No big deal. But I'm also, you know, when I when I say freedom of expression, that means I'm allowed to give an opinion and tell me what y'all think. Have y'all seen this fucking tattoo that Kevin Lee's getting? Uh, <laughs> check, check, check this shit out. Hold on, I'm about to share my screen. All right, y'all, y'all see this shit right here? Like, yeah, like Kevin, wait, Kevin, no, Kevin, please, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> like, can y'all believe what the fuck he's about to do to himself? Yeah, yo, Kevin, don't do this. Th- think over this. Like, oh my god, thank God, right now it's just you know the the permanent marker, and it hasn't happened yet. And he still has time to uh, rethink it. And, uh, you know, people can still talk him out of it. Like, you know, I was talking to, um, I'm not going to name any names, but I was talking to, you know, my, my favorite light heavyweight prospect. I'm sure you all know who he is. And he was like, dude, did you see uh, Kevin Lee's uh, new tattoo? <laughs> He's like, I had to message him and be like, yo. <laughs> it was like, it was like you had to, uh, you had to tell Kevin Lee, like, yo, cut, 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 you know, like Jonah Hill, cut, cut, you know what I'm saying? Like, Kevin, please, Kevin, wait, Kevin, no, you know what I mean? But, uh, hey, man, I, I just hope Kevin saves his money, man, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't know if it's a good look for him, but, but who am I to judge someone else? You know, this is a free country, and if that, if he wants that fucking thing on his head, then let him get that goddamn thing on his head, you know what I'm saying? Ah, Tehran says, I honestly don't care to see Khabib versus Tony anymore. Yeah, I mean, look, Habib's retired. I think we know that at this point. I mean, back in the day, it was more intriguing just because we didn't know exactly how good either guy was. But now we know that it'd be a massacre. So, yeah, I agree with you, bro. Okay. Oh, yeah, speaking of Ortega, because I brought him up as a potential just stylistic, interesting matchup for – 
for Habib. Ortega looked great for Zombie, dude. Did Ortega look great for Zombie? I mean, holy shit. You know, I did a recap um, on that for a daily fan MMA radio that I do with Brett Apley, Big Marley, and Sunsu, which you can check on Patreon. We're only going to be on Patreon for another week and then we're moving to another platform. But one of the things I said was that. Like, dude, Ortega came out there like a brand new man. I mean, he's switching stances now. He's fucking going southpaw. His hands are up nice and tight. Like, like, dude, he's kicking now. Like, that was like a brand new man. Like, you'd think that, you know, after that Holloway ass whooping, he wouldn't come back the same. He came back better. He came back better to a point where now people are wondering what would happen if you rematched Holloway again, because the first fight was so definitive that you'd think, oh, you put them in there 10 times. Max is winning 10 times. Now it's like, this is a brand new man. So props to Ortega. And I think that's just, you know, you know, proof that not just uh, on a fighting level, but on a personal level that you can turn things around with hard work, consistency, and focus. So fuck, man. I was, I was pretty damn inspired by that shit. Tron says Gregor said he was moving to 145. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not sure how much that's going to help. I think a lot of people are higher on Gregor than I am. Look, I know his wrestling credentials are amazing, but I, I think he needs a lot of work. So uh, the jury's still out on here as far as I'm as far as I'm concerned. Tron also says Khabib's pressure could be pressures the hell out of people standing. It's scary. I know, dude. Like I'm like, oh my God. Like they call Tony Ferguson the boogeyman. What about Khabib? You know what I'm saying? Like Habib gives no fucks and goes forward the entire time. Vincent is asking, did I expect Justin to have better takedown defense? It, it, it's Look, it's not a matter of his takedown defense. I think that Justin has great takedown defense. I think anyone else tries to take him down, it's getting stuffed. I mean, you put Kevin Lee or Gregor Gillespie in there with uh, Justin, and they're getting stuffed. Uh, they're getting nuts on the forehead. You know what I'm saying? It's just Habib is a once-in-a-lifetime athlete. It's not just about the quality of the entry. It, it's about mixing in the strikes to the takedowns, which is one of the things that uh, GSP kind of pioneered, you know, kind of disguising up top when you think he's striking. That's, that's when he's, that's when he's mixing in the level change with a beautifully, with a, with an explosive entry. And when you think he's going for the entry, that's when he's going up top, flying knees, the jabs, everything. So I just think, I I think it's the timing of Habib that we got to praise and we, we cannot discredit the takedown defense of justin because that would be saying that you know habib's shot isn't that good and no this is all credit to habib's shot my man toronto says am i of irish or scottish descent you know i get asked that a lot um because you know i do kind of have like an orange beard um but i actually am not um just to tell y'all you know i know y'all don't know actually a lot about me uh personally even though you feel like you do because you know i'm very uh outgoing and and you know personable to some some people fucking can't stand me which is fine we live in a free country but no actually and y- y'all will find this interesting my dad was born in romania and you know in europe and uh my mom was born in mexico so i'm actually a first generation american um just me me and my brothers were the first members of our family to be born in the united states so and i'm a proud american uh with uh, romanian and uh, mexican descent and actually, Spanish was my first language. You know what I'm saying? Like when I was like four years old, going into fucking like pre-K or whatever, like I only spoke Spanish, like which was crazy. Um, I had to learn English as a second language. 
Um, but now my English is obviously better than my Spanish, but I, 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 I still got some Spanish uh, chops. Uh, make no mistake about it. All right, guys. So I kind of want to talk about the whole uh, the whole card. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but we've done like an hour on Habib, and rightfully so. He is the GOAT. My boy Kurt Flirt says Habib is just it at this point. Well said, man. I mean, he is just it. I mean, what else is there to say, dude? He is it. Like, I, I totally agree with you. Teron says, do you think Connor Dustin will be for the vacant lightweight belt? Okay. I'm glad you brought that up. So I suggested a little something earlier about having a lightweight tournament. And I, I know it's not going to happen. I know this is a pipe dream and they ain't into that shit, but I just want to have a little fun, see what kind of, uh, you know, see what kind of reaction I could get from the, from the fans and, you know, do the whole bit. But I was thinking about having like a, a lightweight tournament, like old school style. I know they're not going to do this, but just for fun, for hypothetical sake, tell me what y'all think about this. I'm about to share my screen real quick. Okay. So check this out. So, you know, eight fighters you got, and just like any tournament uh, format, you got the number one seed versus the last seed. So I had Justin Gaethje as the number one seed against the number eight seed, Michael Chandler. And then on the other side of the bracket, you have the number two seed, Dustin Poirier, against the number seven seed, Benil Dariush. Then you had the number three seed, Conor McGregor, taking on the number six seed, Charles Dubronx Oliveira. And then on the other side of the bracket, you had the number four seed, Tony Elkakui Ferguson, taking on the number five seed, um, Dan Hooker. So the winner of Gaethje and Chandler moves on to fight the winner of Ferguson and Hooker. And the winner of Poirier and Dariush goes on to fight the winner of Conor McGregor and Charles Oliveira. And then what I was thinking is you could have Drew Dober, uh, Islam Makachev, and uh, Carlos Diego Ferreira as the alternates, you know, just in case like someone gets injured or has to pull out, like those those three could be on standby and could fill in. What, what do y'all think about that? Y'all like that that idea? Um, I mean, I know the UFC is definitely not going to do that. They're probably just going to go ahead and make a, a you know, uh, just make a vacant lightweight uh, vacant lightweight title fight. But do, what do y'all think about that idea? Is it fun or what? Um. MMA Casual says, probably already been asked, but were you surprised about how bad Justin looked on the ground, how easily he was mounted, and how quickly his back was taken? Um, yeah, listen, but it's not because he's bad on the ground. You know you know his wrestling credentials. It's credit to Habib and his greatness, the fact that he's able to make such good fighters look like that. Like, back to the DJ talk, it's like, yeah, of course DJ can get a fucking flying armbar on Ray Borg. Of course DJ can handle Chris Carriasso and Wilson Hayes, like, like big whoop. But to to make it look easy against Justin Gaethje, that, my friend, is greatness. You know what I'm saying? That is why he's the number one pound-for-pound pound GOAT because he's doing it to real guys. Not Again, don't take that the wrong way. Not saying Chris Carriasso and Tim Elliott and Ray Borg aren't real guys, but, you know, Justin Gaethje was holding an interim UFC belt in the in – the, uh, most deep division in the history of the sport. Justin Gaethje had a twenty and had a twenty-two and two record going into this fight. Justin Gaethje is one of the baddest dudes on the planet. Like, and Khabib is making it look easy against those guys. Like, that's all credit to Habib, my man. 
Uh, my boy, my boy Vincent backing me up says a tournament will be tied. I appreciate you, brother. Teron says you Mexicans are tough when it comes to fighting. I, I appreciate that. One thing, you know, I'm not a fighter or anything like that, but like I have sparred um, many times, you know, with, with the fight gyms and like not saying I'm out here whooping anyone's ass, but one thing about me is I can take an ass whooping. <laughs> you know what I mean? For some reason, I can take shots. So I'm, uh, I'm proud of that. All right. So. Vincent says, how good is Michael Chandler? Don't watch much Bellator. Uh, Ch Chandler's solid, man. You know, he's good everywhere. It's just that the UFC is a completely different ballgame. So, you know, he wants to swim with the Sharks in the deep end, and that's exactly what he's going to do. Because it, it's just about the level of competition he's been fighting over there. You know, he, he, he just beat Benson Henderson. He knocked him out in the first round, beat him accordingly. But we all know Benson's at the tail end of his career. You know, towards Benson's last few UFC fights, Shit wasn't going his way, but hey, Michael Chandler's been doing his thing. But we have seen what happens when Michael fights an elite fighter like Patricio Pitbull, who, you know, Patric Patricio Pitbull would be like top 10 in the UFC right now for sure. And Patricio sparked him in under a minute. So we see what happens when he steps up, but still, it's a different kind of motivation to be in the UFC. Maybe he was kind of burnt out over there. And, and Michael Chandler did finish Eddie Alvarez the first time he fought him. Lost the rematch, but he finished him the first time. So Michael Chandler's legit, man. But again, you know, when we talk about the legit, it's just kind of like when we were talking about the pound for pound talk, like how you have to nitpick, right? So now when I'm talking about the top 10 of the lightweight division, I have to nitpick as well. So would I throw him in there with a Habib yet? Or a Habib's retired, but would I throw him in there with, with a guy like that yet? No, but like, you know. I still want to see him in there with a top 10 guy like, you know, him and Hooker, him and Ferguson, something like that. Even though even though in my tournament suggestion I said he fights Gaethje, but that's only because of the sports format with the number one seed fighting the number eight seed. So that that's the only reason I said all that. But, yeah, um, that's pretty much how I feel about that. All right, guys, I, I really have to start talking about these other fucking fights. Is that, is that okay with y'all? Um, I think we spent we spent a whole fucking hour talking about Habib, which is awesome because he deserves that kind of talk. You know what I mean? Okay, so let me see. So Rob Whitaker time. Listen, Rob Whitaker went out there and he showed, you know, to, getting back to the nitpick talk, he, went, he showed that there's a difference between being ranked number one and being ranked number two and that's exactly what he showed and he showed that like if you want to beat a guy like me it's not enough to be a top five guy it's not enough to be a top three guy you have to be a championship caliber guy to beat a guy like me and that's exactly what he showed and one of the worries i had for uh robert whitaker going in this fight was the leg kicks of cannonier and cannonier came out there fired some hard ass leg kicks and boy i know i know robert whitaker is gonna be feeling those the, the the big difference though was that he wasn't able to mix it up upstairs. I was thinking that he can kick him very, very hard with those with those calf kicks, kind of slow down the movement of Whitaker, get the hands to drop, and then go upstairs with that devastating power. And he was only really able to land a big shot, you know, in that third round when he wobbled Whitaker. But aside from that, Whitaker, the speed was too much, the footwork. There was a big difference in the boxing. You know, he was popping that jab all night. And I love how he disguises that head kick. And then when he went upstairs in that third round and put him down, I thought the fight was about to be over. But credit to the toughness of Cannoneer uh, to survive that. And uh, another great performance by Whitaker. And 
I know they're saying that him and Izzy is the fight to make, but man, I'm not sure if I want to see him in there with Izzy again. I, I'm not convinced that it, it would be a different result this time. Like I, I want to see, uh, I want to see uh, John Jones versus Izzy. I feel like that's the fight to make now. Or, or tell Izzy to go up to 205 if he doesn't want to fight John Jones. We got him and Jan Blakovich. Give him a chance to be a double champ. So. That's kind of the direction I want to go. So, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. And for Jared Cannonier, there's a lot of options we can do for him. Um, I will I will make an announcement. So, you know how I was doing Daily Fan MMA Radio with Brett and Joe and Sansu, and every week we have a recap show uh, of the fight before. We have a BFP matchmaking, which is, you know, best fight picks management. Uh, actually, oh, oh, I just – oh, I just uh, – let y'all know about something else, but you already know I've been, you know, working behind the scenes on that. But I meant uh, best fight picks matchmaking is what I meant to say. But uh, uh, so BFP matchmaking, I, I do that. Uh, you know, try to match up the fighters as realistically as possible. It's just a fun hypothetical show. Um, so while we take this time off from Daily Fan uh, MMA Radio, I'm gonna be doing that right here on my YouTube channel for y'all. So. I'm very excited about matching up uh, Cannoneer and Whitaker and seeing where they go next. But I want to see Izzy versus John Jones or Izzy versus Jan Blah Jan Blahovic. And and my boy Brick agrees. He wants to see Adesanya versus Jan as well. I, I'm down with that, my guy. Uh, Chris says he wants to see uh, Jack Hermanson fight Adesanya. Jack Hermanson's fighting Darren Till. Let's let, let's get past Darren Till before we talk Adesanya. You know what I'm saying? Um. Chris says he's pumped for the rematch with Whitaker. Um, listen, I'm pumped for any fight with Whitaker, but I, I, I'm not. I'm not convinced that it'd go any different, you know, than the first time. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, I, I kind of say we we keep uh, Izzy and Rob away from each other, but I'm, I'm also not convinced that that's gonna be what happens either. You know, because if they can't get the John Jones fight to happen, and if they can't get Izzy to go up and fight Jan. Then I guess there isn't another number one contender. I mean, let me pull up the rankings real quick. We got Whitaker, who we already beat. I guess the guy that's in the conversation, Jared Cannonier, who you know he just lost. He ain't fighting for the title. Paulo Costa, he got humped. He ain't fighting. Uh, Jack Hermanson, he's got a fight coming up with Darren Till. Yoel Romero, no one wants to see that rematch. Derek Brunson already got smoked by Izzy. Kelvin Gastelum. I was there in Atlanta. It already happened. He's on a three-fight skid. That's not happening. Chris Weidman. <laughs> so you guys already know the deal. So I think the options for Izzy, I guess Whitaker, Jan Blahovich, and Johnny Bones Jones. That's uh, that's pretty much uh, all it is. All right, so before I move on to the next fight, and anything else you all want to talk about? Uh, uh, hold on. My boy brought up a good point. Teron says people only love you when you die, but when you are living, they treat you like garbage. Yeah, I mean, look, we're talking about like the the legend talk, you know, like like when I brought up the Kurt Cobain reference, or you know, uh, Habib down the line, people are gonna revere him as a legend, even though I already do. And it's the same thing, you know, with, with betting. You know, uh, when you win, when you win bets, uh, you're you're God's gift uh, to planet Earth. But when you lose bets, uh, you're the biggest piece of shit that anyone's ever seen. So. That's why you just got to stay focused and consistent, block all the noise, and just uh, trust your process and, and stay on the grind, you know, and be true to yourself. Be honest, you know what I mean? So that's what I live by. 
And fantastic point, Teron. All right, let's see. <laughs> Vincent says, can we get a preview of the new version of the first L quote now that Abib has proven it wrong? Um, what do you mean? Can we get a preview of the new version of the first L quote? Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. No one is exempt from that first L unless your name is Habib Nurmagomedov. And it's funny. I think I actually used to say that no one is exempt from that first L. Uh, I, I used to say, unless your name is Habib Nurmagomedov or John Jones, no one is exempt from that first L. But if you stick around long enough, they will take their first Ls too. I know you all have heard me say shit like that in the past. So, you know, I had to bring up the, the half the battle voice uh, for that. I, I appreciate the question, my man. Okay, so let's see. Um, anything else on, on Whitaker and Cannoneer, or, or can I move on? Um, yeah, my boy says night train next month. Y'all seen uh, Juban talking about retirement? Uh, I like Juban. You know, Juban's a he, – he goes out there and fights every single time. You know, it's always kind of bothered me how people – give alan juban shit for being a male model it's like what you jealous of him or something like because if he was you know a male model but went out there and bored everyone to sleep in all his fights and this and that then i'd be like okay then give him shit but like dude fights like a fucking man like the dude goes out there and puts it all on the line killer be killed so juban's got my complete respect but i i know juban better than <laughs> i know juban better than he knows himself you know uh you know you know who's uh responsible for that full scouting report on alan juban and let's just say jared nitran gooden is more than ready for this fight and uh come uh november 21st he'll be getting his first uh ufc win and you know good lord willing uh, a 50k bonus too okay so i think you all uh oh wait wait, wait. chris says Whitaker was coming off a of surgery when he fought Izzy. Yeah, but like, so fighters got injuries all the time, man. What you think that just because he was coming off a of surgery that now all of a sudden he's going to be able to take that left hook at Izzy or something, or, or that now he's you know like he still fights with his hands down. Like there's still levels to this shit. I, I, I just don't really put you know stock into that stuff. Pillow says. Whitaker was unusually aggressive against Izzy. Yeah, he was very aggressive against Izzy, but um, I mean, if he's less aggressive, that gives him less chances to take Izzy's head off, right? Like he, he went out there trying to kill Izzy. Uh, I, th I feel like if he tries to play a technical chess match with Izzy, that might be even worse. I mean, you saw that that till fight. That till fight was very close. You know what I'm saying? So I love Robert Whitaker. I'm not. I'm not trying to talk shit. I just personally don't think the fight would be that much different if they rematch but anyways guys I, I gotta fucking keep going so alexander volkov defeated walt harris ah oh, so interesting so my analysis before the weigh-ins was on point i said that volkov was a bad matchup for him but i got kind of sketched out by volkov coming in 18 pounds heavier than his last fight i was curious if he was taking it seriously and walt harris slimmed down was in the best shape of his life and none of that shit even mattered, man. Um, Volkov is just, you know, just a better fighter than him, just more skilled, just kind of outclassed him and then hit him with a nasty shot to the solar plexus and finished the fight. So nothing really else to say about that. I hope they give Wall a nice kind of tune-up fight so he can get that win, have that moment, that emotional moment, dedicated to his daughter and 
you know, do the whole bit. Like, dude, like, we're rooting for you, Walt. Like, and people are saying, oh, the UFC are dicks for putting him in there against Overeem. I mean, I guess, but, like, he almost finished Overeem in the first round. Had that been a different referee, it might have been a first-round stoppage for Walt Harris. So he might have had that moment. They're giving him big, big fights for big opportunities, for big pay. So it's up to him to go out there and capitalize. But now, since he hasn't twice in a row, now we can talk that tune-up fight. Get him in there with, uh, you know, one of these bottom-of-the-barrel guys and, uh, and let him uh, feast, you know what I'm saying? Let him get a win. Let him have that moment. So Phil Haas defeated Jacob Malkoon. And, and shout-out to my boy Shaq, you know, because I wasn't quite sure uh, about Phil Haas. And, and this <laughs> – my boy Vincent says Harris versus Badeau. Y'all remember Badeau who lost to Tom Aspinall? You know what I'm saying, Vincent? That that – Put your whole fucking bank account on that shit. You know what I'm saying, man? But uh, y'all, y'all heard on the show how, you know, I wasn't quite sure if, if laying chalk on Phil Haas was worth it, you know, just because some of the past stunts he's pulled. But, like, Shaq was like, dude, trust me. This guy does not belong in the UFC. This is a favorite or past situation. Shaq, Shaq went out there and bet it. So shout out to my boy Shaq, bestfightpicks.com. Use the promo code Cody25 with a capital C for 25% off. And man, my boy, my boy Shaq nailed that one. So I'm very proud of him. Man, Tuivasa was such an obvious pick, says Aldo Estrada. Yeah, I mean, I bet Tuivasa. I was uh, very happy to cash in there. So Lauren Murphy, man, Lauren Murphy has physically been looking a lot better. And, you know, she showed this girl, Shakarova, that, hey, uh, well, first she, she showed her now not only are there levels to this shit but uh welcome to the ufc young lady you know what i mean she uh she gave her that vet lesson gave her a tour of the octagon finished her destroyed her but then she got a little ahead of herself calling for a title shot look i understand you're gonna get that life-changing pay you're gonna get that big opportunity but guys like and this is no disrespect to murphy because murphy has has all my respect like to to start where she started and to be at where she's at now She's truly made a transformation, not just in her fighting abilities, but physically. I mean, she looks so fit, man. I was like, God damn, like, whatever she's been doing, keep doing it. So no doubt she's a top five contender. But could you imagine what would happen if her and Val- if they locked the cage behind her and Valentina? You know, uh, as we like to say, uh, pobrecito, you know what I'm saying? Like, that shit would not go well, man. So, uh I'm, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's not going to go well for Jennifer Maya either, you know? So the only person I want to see in there with Valentina right now and not saying this, this, this opponent has a chance, but just it'd be more competitive than Maya and it'd be more competitive than, uh, than Lauren Murphy is, uh, Jessica Andraj. Jessica Andraj actually brings that one punch knockout power to, to the women's division, which is something you don't often see. So out of all the options, I'd rather see Andraj than uh than maya or lauren murphy so that's kind of where i stand with that chris said that chick tried punking her off at the face-offs and looked corny as fuck especially losing the way she did and you know what i liked chris about that was that okay so that girl shakarova she tries to flinch during the face-off which like you guys aren't gonna fight during the face-off and no reaction from lauren murphy but then when it when shit got real and the fight started. Shakarova was the one that tried to touch gloves, and Lauren was like, "Hell no, get that shit away from here." So, I felt like Lauren not only got the last laugh in terms of that little uh, 
dynamic, but obviously in the fight too. So props to Lauren Murphy. It's really, truly amazing to see her transformation. Magomed Ankaliev, y'all, man. This fucking guy is awesome. Not only did he definitively end uh, the rivalry with Iwan Kutalaba, got himself a 50K performance of the night too. Now, real quick, people are saying he's a future champion. Pump the brakes. Let's see him in there with a top 10 guy first. Let's see what happens when a fight goes past the first round first. I mean, I know he knocked out my boy Dalcha in the, in the third round, but I'm saying let's see what happens when the fight against a top 10 guy goes past the first round. Um, but, yeah, dude, I mean, beautiful performance. I mean, you all saw that first kick he landed, that flying front kick. Like, uh, Magomed's doing his thing. He's feeling more comfortable. He kind of came out in like a karate stance with his hands down, his bouncing, bouncing back and forth. And interestingly enough, Iwan Kutalaba kind of tried to pace himself in there, but it didn't make a difference. Uh, so yeah, I was uh I was very impressed by Ankle Leave, and I, I gotta say I sent out a tweet earlier. Let me uh let me let me find it real quick about the light heavyweight division and about the evolution of it. It's uh kind of like the most exciting time that has been uh, in a while. Because um, you guys remember the glory days, you know when Forrest, Chuck, Rampage, um, Leota, Mauricio Shogun. Um, even fucking like Keith Jardine, Tiago Silva. There, there were lots of guys there. Uh, Rashad Evans. How could I forget my boy Sugar Rashad? You know, so there were. It, it was a great time. Um, hold, hold on, let me, let me see. Where's this fucking tweet I posted about the light heavyweight division? Okay, you know what? Fuck that fucking tweet. What? Because well, I remember, I remember my point anyway. So, basically, what I was saying was, now with Jones out the picture, and even I love Jones, but with Jones out the picture, look how fucking exciting two hundred five is right now, man. Look at all these prospects and up and comers. We got guys like Yuri Prohaska. We got Anka Leave. We got Alexander Rockich. We got Jimmy the Brute Crew. We got Jamal Hill. Like, dude, I I fucking love two hundred five pounds right now, and I feel like, like I said earlier, the belt might be, you know doing some musical chairs and can you imagine if izzy gets uh inserted into the mix like dude like 205 is litty right now so exciting times for sure so tied to ivasa defeated stefan struve uh I, I cashed in on that um i should have played him straight but i i thought jung was just like a guaranteed lock so i i parlayed them together my mistake uh gave me a draw on a fight i thought i won we'll get to that soon but still still cashed in Tuivasa, first-round knockout, I mean, listen, I don't put too much stock when, like, guys, you know, change camps and this and that, but when I watched the Sergei Spivak fight, and a lot of people hold that against uh, Tuivasa, but I saw a couple things I liked in it. Like, for example, he got taken down over and over by Tui, by uh, Sergei Spivak, but Tuivasa worked his way back up to the feet at least, you know, four out of six times, right? So that showed me, like, hey, he's got the right instinct. But then he did this camp at AKA with Daniel Cormier. And if he could just improve 5% more on that part of his game, then he's got enough to beat a guy like Stefan Struve, who has been knocked out eight times, now nine times, and you know lost to a similar opponent in Mark Hunt, who fights just like Tuivasa. 
So I felt like he had the blueprint and he handled, he, he did the perfect job, uh, you know, swarm him with the big shots. Once he got him up against the fence, he had that underhook to control Struve, you know, the head under the chin to make sure that Struve couldn't get him down. And then when it was time to unload those bombs, that's exactly what he did. He put Struve away. And uh, yeah, Jovak says, Ankle Live should be cut for calling out Shogun. Listen. As a fan, yeah, no, no, none of us want to see the great Mauricio Shogun, or as we like to say in Brazil, Mauricio Shogun. We don't want to see him take an L, obviously, but like, if you're thinking business-wise, I mean, a win over a former champion always helps elevate that career in that next level. So I can't say I don't understand where he's coming from, but I feel your point as well. All right. Casey Kenny and Nathaniel Wood. Can we talk about this fucking fight for a second? Holy shit. That was the fight of the night from the second the bell rang. Like, dude. Casey Kenny and Nathaniel Wood went went toe-to-toe for 15 straight minutes. And that was one of the highest-paced fights I've seen in such a long time. And for the record, I thought they scored it right. I thought that Kenny slightly edged it. But, like, I don't think this drops Nathaniel Wood's stock at all. If anything, both their stocks raise. Like, to me, even though I, I scored it for Kenny and he's the winner, that's one of those fights where there's not really a loser. Like, I really don't feel like Nathaniel Wood needs to, like, be down on himself or needs to, like, go back to the drawing board. Like, I feel like we can put both those fucking guys in the top 15 right now. You know what I mean? Like, that was such an amazing fight. And there were no breaks in that fight. That fight was go, 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 go. The kicks, the punches. At the end, you saw a couple uh, takedown entries. Like, man, standing ovation for Nathaniel Wood and uh, Casey Kenny, man. Two studs. Just such a great fight. And I, I hope they're getting more than 50K on that bonus. Like, give, give them both 100K for putting up that kind of a fight. I mean, uh, par- pardon my French, but that shit was a dick measuring contest. Like, those two were, were standing and banging until one man fell, even though no one fell, you know, but that was the goal. Like, that was just unbelievable. A lot of pride, the way they fought, USA versus UK. Like, they put it all on the line for our entertainment, and I'm truly grateful that I was able to witness a fight like that between Nathaniel Wood and Casey Kenny. But the, the night belonged to Casey Kenny, but, like, you know, like how fighters take those those photos a- afterwards with their teams and shit. I feel like Nathaniel and Casey should be taking a picture together. Like that's low low key. I mean, I don't want to sit here with the recency bias, but low key, that's one of the best fights I've seen all year. Like just nonstop, man. No breaks, all gas, no breaks. Like that was truly an amazing fight. That's one I'm gonna rewatch. Like before these guys fight again. Like I, I want to see that fight again. Just badass fight between wood and casey and we can break it down technically but fuck all that dude just appreciate what we saw unbelievable fight and it's good to see the improvements both guys are making in all areas of the game the heart the determination the will to win between uh casey and wood man what a fight so guys i only got uh four more fights to talk about so if y'all got any more questions for me uh let me know uh, down below, and I'll be happy to answer them. But now let me tell you about a fight I got wrong. Uh, Shava- Sh- so it's Shavkat. I thought it was Shavad. I thought the K was um, silent for some reason. It's not silent. So Shavkat Rachmanov. He beat Alexander Oliveira by first-round guillotine. 
So the fight starts off, and Anderson and excuse me, and Alex lands a beautiful straight and then ducks under the counter. I was like, okay, Alex, all right. And then after that, it all went downhill. You know, Shava teed off with a couple shots, and he jumped guillotine. And on the regional scene, I saw him go for that guillotine too, but he wasn't able to quite get it against some guys initially. You know, finally he'd be able to get it, but not the first, not on the first attempt. But you know uh, about my stunt machine, uh, Alex Oliveira. You know, you put him in one bad spot. The fight's going to be over shortly after. I actually took Alex thinking that, like, hey, you know, he's going he's gonna to welcome this kid to, this U- to the UFC. Look, the, guy, the, guy, the guy's got a bright future, but, you know, uh, this is the UFC now. This is the biggest step up in competition he's ever had. And, boy, did that, that not matter. And my boy Yolo says, let's go shout out Johnson. You know, I made a funny point, like, because I, I wasn't aware of this kid's abilities. I mean, don't, be, don't get me wrong. I watched the tape on him. He looked good. But, like, looking good on some random regional show and then looking good in the UFC is a completely, a completely different story. So I was saying, you know, if his name was, wasn't Shabbat Rachmanov and his name was Shabbat Johnson, no one would give a shit. But uh, turns out he ain't no Shabbat Johnson. <laughs> he definitely is a Shabbat Rachmanov. You know what I mean? So the guy went out there and uh and did his thing man you got to give him credit man congrats great win can't wait to see what he does next um all right y'all ready i know y'all been waiting for this dawun jung versus sam alvey every single week uh there's a tweet i put out that pisses people off whether it was you know the ed herman and mike rodriguez one where you know i blame the ref instead of blaming ed herman and then you know mike rodriguez comes out and agrees with me you know what i'm saying but y'all don't you know people are actually wanting to fight me over that like people with like no profile picks were like challenging me to fight so why just because i have a difference of opinion so now that mike rodriguez agrees with me y'all want to fight him too you know what i mean like i don't even know who you are but yeah so anyways so so and then last week uh with ziam and malarkey i thought that it was a close fight that could have gone either way. Like, I understand the case for scoring it for both, but people were up in arms like, oh, my God, how could you score that for Zion? Well, because he landed the better shots, and because I favor landing better shots over, you know, putting your head between a man's legs and doing nothing with it. But that's a different story too. But here, uh, look, you can sit here and make the I'm biased argument because I had money on Jung, okay? I get it. You can, Let's get that out the way, but, like, I feel like if you got you guys know me enough to know that I'm honest and like I'll even tweet out that I lost a bet before a fight's even over, like because um that's how fucking honest I am. So and real quick, Cameron says Daoon Jung fight IQ is terrible. Yes, but I still think he won the fight. Okay, but look, in this fight, it was one of those things where it's like, man, listen, commentary is a really tough job, and I know it because I've done it firsthand, not on this level at the UFC, but I've done it in the NFC you know, the best Southeast regional promotion and commentary and judging are two jobs that should be kept separately entirely the entire time. You know what I mean? You can't sit there and judge fights while you're trying to commentate on fights. So every single thing I heard in the broadcast was Sam Alvey, this Sam Alvey. Oh, Sam Alvey, Sam Alvey. It was nothing about what Dowen Jung did. So like, yeah, did Sam Alvey land some shots? Yeah, he landed some shots. I, I thought most of those shots were blocked, but yeah, he landed some shots. But what I saw was I saw Daoon Jung walk a man down to the point where the man's back is up against the fence because he's got nowhere to go. And I thought Daoon Jung landed the more meaningful shots. And, and I thought that he kind of thought that, you know, Alvey was a joke. I mean, you saw Shabbat smiling at everything that, that uh, was coming his way. Whereas, like, you know, 
uh, Sam Alvey is like gritting, uh, like you know what I mean. I, 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 and then in that third round, you know, you drop the guy twice. You, I mean, look, one guy went to the hospital. One guy's dancing in the club in Abu Dhabi. I, I felt like at least first and third for for uh, for Daun Jung, and maybe even give him a ten eight in that third round. So. Just because every other word DC is saying, oh, Sam Alvey, Sam Alvey. Yeah, just because Sam Alvey's looked horrible his last four fights and he threw, you know, two more strikes in this one doesn't mean you need to, you know, be on his, uh, you know what, like, 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 come on, man. Like, that one, John walked him down, dropped him, almost finished him, like, and most of the shots Alvey was landing were blocked. I, I don't know, bro. I disagree. I thought Daun Jung won that fight. Now, as far did I want Daun Jung to do more? Yes. Did I want Daun Jung to put it on him even more, more output? You know, knock him out, do the whole bit. Yeah, of course I wanted that. I, of course I wanted it to be more definitive. But do I think Daun Jung won? Uh, excuse me. Do I think Daun Jung lost that fight? Hell no. I thought he won that fight. So that really pissed me off. But at least it wasn't a loss. At least it was a draw. So it was what it was because I had him parlayed with Tuivasa on one parlay, and I had it par and I had him parlayed with uh, Joel Alvarez in another parlay. And I guess that's a mistake on my part. I should have just played them both straight. But I'll take the slight profit from both because, as you guys know, when there's a draw, it becomes a push. You don't lose the money. So I just got a slightly less payout on Tuivasa and on Joel Alvarez. But uh, I mean, when you talk about who's going to move up and who's going to move down after that fight, I mean, it's pretty clear. Dawn Jung, even though it wasn't the best performance, I mean, he he's the guy that's out there almost finishing the guy. Like He's the guy that's not going to the hospital. He's the guy that's out here dancing in the club in Abu Dhabi. So Dawn Jung won that fight as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, one thing about me, like I said, you can sit here, you can try to blame me, you know, for being biased and, oh, you had a bet on the guy. Of course you thought he won and this uh, Dude, how many fucking times have you seen me tweet out, you know, okay, this guy lost before the fight's even over because I'm honest, because I know when my guys lose. I'm not a bullshitter. And how many times have you seen me cry robbery? Barely ever. Like You can probably count on one hand the times I've cried robbery. I'm not one of those guys. I'm an honest fucking guy. I know when my guys win, and I know when my guys lose. And I truly, genuinely felt like Dawn John won that fight. But whatever. I'm not going to cry over spilled milk. It is what it is. It cost me a winning night. You know, instead, I lost like, you know, half a unit on the night and had the 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 win gone to Dawn Jung, it would have been a profitable night. But that's the game we play. So it is what it is. Take it on the chin. I'll be back next week. Trust me, I'll be back next week. And that's it. That's all I got to say about that. At least my boy Cameron agrees with me. Yeah, he definitely won, but he should have finished out. Exactly. But those are two different things. Just because he didn't give me the performance I wanted doesn't mean he didn't win. I mean, like, yeah, would I have liked him to follow up on Alvy and actually get him out of there? Yes, but still give that round a 10-8. I mean, he still walked him down the entire fucking fight. So, yeah, it is what it is, man. You know, you just got to take it on the chin sometimes. Now, Miranda Maverick stopped Liana Jojua with that first-round elbow. Uh, doctor stoppage because the broken nose. Um so I used to give people a lot of shit for saying stuff like, oh, the refs are more lenient with the men and, and they're a lot more cautious with the women. I, I was always like, are y'all, uh, you know, virtue signaling? Are y'all doing the whole bit? Are y'all trying to, 
you know, because people love to, you know, throw out terms like sexism and, and, and you know, the, 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 well, I'm not going to get there, but you, you all know what I'm implying for no reason these days. I mean, there are some reasons, don't get me wrong, but like they like to overuse those terms is what I'm trying to get at. And th th this is one of those ones that made me question that like, maybe y'all are onto something because if a dude got his nose smashed like that, would they have stopped it between rounds? But bottom line, I actually felt like uh, Jojua's stand-up looked a lot better than it ever has, like better than the Sarah Morass fight, better than the Belbita fight. Like I felt like she's making progress, so I kind of wanted to see what was going to happen in that second and third round. But props to Miranda, damaging el elbow and a beautiful technique too. And UFC debut, fantastic job. So we'll see what she does next. Now, last but not least, Joel Alvarez. This guy does not get the respect he deserves, man. I'm telling y'all, for some reason, people sleep on these kind of guys like Cheeto Vera or Joel Alvarez just because they're opportunistic finishers. I don't know why people don't like them. Um, yeah, I like guys that go to decision too, but like you know, you know, you're allowed to finish fights in the UFC, right? You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, yeah, I bet him here, and I, I was very happy. I mean, he opened minus 285 for a reason, so to get him around the minus 160-ish range, uh, I, I was very happy about that. Handled biz. I mean, look, went out there, lit up Yakovlev on the feet. When it, when Yakovlev went for the takedown, the guillotine attempt was tight, and then uh, once he let go of that, I thought he was about to attack for triangle because it looked like the arm was you know, um, behind the leg, but then uh, he transitioned for that arm bar, you know, hooked the leg beautifully. And the thing I like most about that, guys, is that, like, you know, when you got, like, a six-foot-four guy wrapped around you like that, you know, uh, with his legs up on the head and, you know, um, the hips going into the elbow, like, you ain't getting out that shit. So Joel Alvarez is a problem, but let's just keep bringing him up slow. You know, he comes from a scene over there in Spain where they're not quite as developed as we are here in the States, so let's not rush him up. But I like what he's doing. I like his progression. And more, most importantly, I like his work ethic. Now, as far as him missing weight, I'm not going to hold it against him. Look, he's a big boy, 6'4", the 80-inch reach. I also think he's going to end his career at welterweight. So, you know, I'm curious how many more cuts he has to 55. But, like, step in the right direction. I like this kid, Alvarez. And I hope people keep uh, sleeping on him. All right, guys. Well, that's probably going to wrap it up. Uh before we get out of here, any any other questions? I'm going to run a quick uh, Manscaped promo while y'all give me some last few questions, and then we'll go ahead and get out of here. So, guys, as you know, the Lawnmower 3.0, this thing is fucking amazing. The ceramic blade, look at that. Look at that fucking LED light. This shit makes it so there's no more guessing work. Takes away all that guessing work, all the problems. You got the ball deodorant, the crop presser, the crop preserver, excuse me, just to make sure that, you know, you're smelling on point downstairs. And then this right here, the crop reviver, it's like a toner, just to kind of make sure your skin's on point, you know, like, you know, if you had, well, firstly, not only do Manscaped eliminate any grooming accidents, but this just ensures that your skin is nice and smooth and that you're smelling good and that you're ready to go take on the world. So your balls will thank you. And trust me when I say, She'll thank you too. So thank you guys very, very much. Chris says next next week's cars looking better betting wise. Yeah, I, I agree. I already have some things I'm eyeing. And also about Manscaped, make sure y'all use my promo code BATTLE20. That's all caps, BATTLE20 at manscaped.com for 20 for 20% for off and free shipping. 
That's Battle 20, all caps, Battle 20 for 20% for, for 20 off and free shipping. So thank you guys very much. Rachma says your balls will thank you. Trust me, they, they've been thanking me this entire time. I mean, this is one of the best deals that I've made in a long time. Uh, I'm truly honored to be sponsored by them. So, yeah, manscaped.com, promo code BATTLE20, free shipping, 20% off. Rachma says much love, bro. Let's catch those bets next week. That, that, that is the plan. So last call. Anything else? Y'all got nothing else for me? If not, I'm about to wrap this thing up. So I truly, truly appreciate y'all hanging out with me today. Uh, it's good to get back on here on After the Battle. I've been meaning to do this uh, for a while now, but I'm going to try to keep being more consistent. And uh, just thank you, everybody, for your support, man. Uh, you guys know where I stand on these things. And feel free to reach out to me anytime. Y'all know where to follow me at Best Fight Picks. You can go to bestfightpicks.com for my plays. Hey, real quick. Give this video a like, and if you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel, subscribe right fucking now, pretty please. Thank you guys so much. All your support goes a long way. So thank you guys very, very much. Hold on. Cameron Williams says, thank you for your help winning an 11-fight parlay. Holy shit, 11-fight parlay. Who'd you have on there? Like, listen, I don't recommend parlays that big, but the fact that I helped you win that, that's fucking awesome. Uh, I'm really happy for you. But anyways... Thank you guys very much. I truly appreciate it. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.